We want to welcome you back to the Lead with Love podcast. I'm Emily McAllister. And I'm Sarah Matthews. And today we've made it to episode four. Woohoo! We are going to be talking today about the strength of how acceptance leads us to gratitude. Um, we've really wanted to talk a little bit in a different way about gratitude, kind of a twist on gratitude. For years, we've heard that an attitude of gratitude can really change your perspective. And I've seen so many self-help articles that list that one of the things that the most successful people do is offer daily gratitude. We wanted to know why though. Why is gratitude such an important component of success? And then we're gonna get into how acceptance can lead us to gratitude. So I found this really super interesting article from 2017, and it talked about a study done at Berkeley. And the study involved 300 adults that were mostly college students, and they were seeking mental health counseling at a university. And the participants were then recruited prior to their counseling to be in this um, this research group. And really what happened was um, they were reporting low levels of mental health and really were struggling mostly with depression and anxiety. And the researchers wanted to know how gratitude would affect them, if it would change anything for them. And so they randomly assigned the participants into three groups. The first group would do a written letter of gratitude to another person each week for three weeks. And the second group was then asked to write about their deepest thoughts and feelings about negative experiences. And the third group had no writing activity. They did, however, all have counseling. And what they found was that those who wrote about negative experiences or only received counseling were actually had significant less progress in terms of their mental health. And those who wrote the gratitude letters reported significantly better mental health even four weeks and 12 weeks after the writing exercises. And so they were like, okay, so gratitude on top of counseling gives great results, but then they really wanted to know why. So they did more testing and I just wanted to share a couple of those takeaways. When we talk about gratitude, it was interesting because they found out that the less focus on those more negative emotions, so it wasn't even a focus on more positive, it was the less focus on negative emotions allowed people to actually focus on more positive things because it becomes harder to ruminate on the negative when your brain is going to other places. They also found that just the focus on gratitude held power. So only 23% of the people who wrote those letters actually sent them. But just that focus, not even sending the letter, still had power. And then they ran another test uh, where they gave them some money and they had to pay it forward. And they found that the participants, when they felt more gratitude, their brain activity was very distinct from the brain activity that was related to guilt and the desire just to do something out of obligation because it really engaged the 
neural activity in the prefrontal cortex. So if you're not familiar with what this is, it is the more intentional decision-making part of our brain. And so when they felt gratitude, that part of their brain was very engaged. And one of my favorite lines from the entire article I read was, much of our time and energy is spent pursuing things we currently don't have. Gratitude reverses our priorities to help us appreciate the people and things we do have. So as we start to talk about gratitude, um, you know, Emily had talked about too, about this idea of acceptance leads us to gratitude. So we know that gratitude is important for our brains. It helps improve mental health. It, uh, you know, helps to increase those pieces of our brain that are crucial to mental health. But what what does acceptance kind of have to do with any of that? Well, um, the Buddha taught it is your resistance to what is that causes your suffering. And I actually love this quote. Um, But what does that really mean? Like when you hear that, you know, it's this resistance to what is that causes your suffering. What does that what does that mean? What does that mean when you have resistance to what is? Um, I think one of the best ways to illustrate this is through an analogy that I heard. I think it just really kind of wraps this up really nicely. So I want you guys to all imagine um, that you've been planning for over a year to go to Disney World. Now, if you know Jason, my husband, you will know that a Disney World trip takes a good two years of intense planning. Um, so this would be a really difficult situation for him. But let's pretend that we're, we're going to go to Disney World uh, and we're going to go to Florida. We're going to meet up with friends. And, you know, you're so excited. It's going to be in January. You're packed. You're ready with all your weather, your, your warm weather clothes, maybe your bathing suit to be on the beach. Um, you've been reading blogs. You've been talking to friends. You know, have this whole idea of what you're going to do. You can feel how exciting it is. You're just really looking forward to this trip. Then without any warning, your plans without your knowledge have been changed to a different destination, a different climate, a different place altogether. You get off the plane expecting to be in Orlando, and instead you find yourself in Detroit in January. (laughs) How do you think you might feel in this instance? Um, This, in this situation, you can't go to you can't go to Florida. You are you are in Detroit for your vacation. This is your new vacation destination. You don't have another option. So what what is that going to look like for you? What are you going to be feeling in this moment? Now, I can imagine myself. I think there would be a lot of emotions packed into this moment. You might be angry. I think I would be terribly disappointed. Um, you might be afraid. You don't know anything about this city. Maybe you don't know where your hotel's going to be. You don't know what you're going to do. Um, you definitely didn't pack for the weather. So there's this entire vision that you have of this vacation is all of a sudden turned upside down. Now, for the record, I feel like I have to say, we have nothing against Detroit. There are many unique, great adventures to be had there. There are wonderful things about Detroit. Um, and, and great things to be held there. But, but when you're expecting to go to Disney World and to Florida and you end up in Detroit, this might seem like a pretty um, bone-rattling experience, right? And so I know that we talked about in an earlier podcast 
we talked about this power that can come from giving yourself kind of these three different options and how you can act. And in this particular situation, it's no different. You kind of have three options that you can choose from. The first is you can do nothing. You can stay at the Detroit airport, or maybe you can even get a nearby hotel and you can sit in your hotel room until it's time to go home. And, and, and that's what you can do. You can just kind of ignore where you are, just get through it, survive it and get back home. The second thing you can try to do is you can try and force your original Florida vacation into the situation. Um, This, however, you might find yourself, you know, in your bathing suit on the frozen lakes of, on the frozen shores of Lake Erie. And that is an option, but is it a good option to be in your swimsuit in the frozen lake in the middle of January? It's probably not a good option to try and force your previously conceived notions into this new vacation. But you also have a third option. And in this third option, you can take a minute to regroup and you can give up the resistance to the situation, right? You can accept that, okay, we are in Detroit. This is what is. This is where I have found myself. And can you in that moment still have a great, if very different vacation than the one you planned? Um, You might be able to find things that you never knew existed in Detroit. You're probably going to have to go to the store and buy some different clothing than the ones that you packed. You might have to rethink your meal plans. You're going to have to go through a lot of uh, rethinking to make this vacation still something that's positive. But as we let go of the resistance that we feel to being in Detroit and not in Florida, can we begin to reduce the suffering that comes from that disappointment and that anger. Um, And I think that that's just a really good analogy for that. But, But let's talk about that specifically in reference to our relationships with other peoples. Because sometimes as we you know, have expectations of family members, spouses, children, it it can be a lot like finding out you're in Detroit when your plans for those relationships had you going to Orlando. So when we started talking about this, and I love that analogy, we started talking about how does this really then show up, for example, with our parenting? What happens when your child, you find out, is neurodivergent? Or you have a child come out to you and you're struggling with that, maybe, that resistance. Or what if your child or someone you know or love is, has some sort of mental illness? All of these things start to differ from our expectations. And in episode two, we talked about acceptance and being our authentic self. And if you haven't listened to that yet, we encourage you to go back and listen to it. I'm just going to give you kind of a highlight reel of what that is. As humans, we have a craving to belong. And in our attempt to do this, oftentimes, just to try and fit in, we cover up who we really are. So one of the things in terms of acceptance often starts with accepting ourselves We love Brené Brown, so we're going to use one of her quotes. Uh, She said, the truth really is that belonging starts with self-acceptance. Your level of belonging, in fact, can never be greater than your level of self-acceptance because believing that you're enough is what gives you the courage to be authentic, vulnerable, and imperfect. 
so true. It starts internally. And then we're able to talk about that acceptance of others. So this is about meeting people exactly where they are. This is about accepting that we may have had one idea for them, Orlando, and they actually are Detroit. My therapist is always telling me that the way someone feels about something are their facts. That's their facts. And I don't get to dispute them or question them. And one of my favorite examples of this actually has to do with pesto, which I'm going to tie this back into relationships. But for the record, I need you to know that I love pesto. And I really believe it can be used just on about anything. And I have great feelings about pesto. (laughs) Those are my facts. I love pesto. My husband, on the other hand, hates pesto. Like beyond hates, he pretty much loathes it. He knows when it's in things. He'll be like, you put pesto in this. (laughs) And I tried for years to convince him of why pesto was good. And I tried everything. I would hide it in food just so I'd be like, see, you liked that. And it never really worked. And it only led to a lot of fighting and frustration. And yes, we have had fights over pesto. And it was because I, it was me who was resisting what was. I was resisting his feelings about pesto. It's really been when I accepted his truth about pesto that we've been able to make any progress. So now I accept this is something he actually does not like. And I leave it out of things. And I have my own jar or tub of it that I put in my food. Because now I honor his truth about pesto. Okay, I know this sounds kind of silly. But it's true for any emotion that somebody shares about something. So the same is going to be true for anything else. Can you honor someone's truth when they tell you that they are anxious about being in a social situation? Or do you try and convince them otherwise? Do you try and convince them of why they shouldn't be and how they need to show up more like you? Can you honor someone's truth that they are queer or gay? Or do you try to convince them otherwise? Can you honor someone's truth that they maybe truly don't understand emotional reactions? Or do you try to convince them otherwise? So one of the things I wanted to share today, and Sarah had mentioned that I should share it, so I'm going to. Um, It's a personal story to me. And I wanted you to know, before we even get started, I have spoken to my son and gotten permission to share his side of the story, because I feel like that's very important. But this is about my son. And when he was 13 years old, he told me that he didn't believe in God. And he was terrified to tell me this. Because as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, our religion is often very much at the center of our lives. And this belief in God is paramount to what I believe. And the expectations he believed were part of our family. And I remember, to be honest, this terrified me. 
I really went to a place of panic and very strong resistance. I was going to fix this problem. And I spent that entire next week praying, attending our temple, and fasting. I kept thinking the more righteous I was, the more things I did, that I could bring about this miracle and change his feelings somehow about God. The amazing thing was that as I tried to bargain with God and argue and convince God that I would make this kid believe, the quiet answer I received from really loving heavenly parents was, and over and over again, by the way, because I didn't accept it at first, was that I needed to love him love him fiercely, just love him, and not to force him. I remember thinking, seriously? That, no, (laughs) that's not the answer. It's got to be bigger and harder than that. But that was the only answer I kept coming to. And I would love to say that I jumped right into this and I was fine. I would love to say that I just loved him with abandon. I made a lot of mistakes. I still had moments of trying to push him and force him. Um, And it took me a while to really settle into what loving him meant. But really, it meant, number one, accepting him and honoring him as my child and what he believed. He does not believe in God. It's been over five years since that initial place that we were in. And the more I've leaned into accepting and honoring his truth and loving him, the closer we've become. He still does not believe in God. He um, talks openly, though, about the things he does believe. He considers himself an atheist. And we have amazing conversations about his beliefs. He shares with us his values and we love and are so grateful for the impact he has on our family. And the other amazing thing is by accepting him, it has allowed him to live in integrity with what he does believe. And he is my example of living with intentional values. So the first step to finding gratitude really is accepting and honoring what is because that allows us to move to a place of seeing the good not just the negative like we talked about before offering good and and getting up into that prefrontal cortex that intentional place and being able to be tuned into the good so that's all great and good. We can talk about <laughs> accepting things and moving into a space where we are really grateful for maybe these really difficult circumstances that we may all find ourselves in. Um, but that is really harder said than done because our expectations sometimes are very forceful and the reactions that come to us from those expectations not being met or fulfilled, there, there is really a lot of real grief and, and real feelings that come as part of that. So today we kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the tools that we have to move from a place of resistance into a place of acceptance. And one of the best tools that we have is called mindfulness. Now, anybody who has been 
um, you know, in tune at all with with mental health in the last probably seven or eight years. Um, Mindfulness has been really a big buzzword in that. And so what does that really mean? Um, Mindfulness is, I know we quoted the Buddha earlier, but it it is really rooted in Buddhism. It is rooted in in, um, Buddhist and Hindi teachings. So Buddhism includes this journey towards what's called enlightenment, right? It's a concept of... um, of awareness, of attention, and of being fully present. And that is considered the first step towards enlightenment, is this idea that you can be completely present in a moment. And I think that one of the reasons that that really helps us to move from one place to another is in order to be fully present in a present moment, you have to accept what is in this present moment. And that what that is, it may be, um, you know, like the stories that Emily told, not what you're expecting, but can you see it for what it is? And then how does that change your approach to it? And I want to just add on to this, all the amazing things Sarah just shared. One of them is this being present in mindful in that moment brings us into the space, like she said, of what is. Because oftentimes where fear resides is in the past. So it's our beliefs and our policies that have come from the past and our feelings about those or the future where there's so much unknown. So when we bring it back down into this present moment and we get really mindful, we can focus on that breathing, we can focus on what is in front of us. So you can focus on, for me today, I'm sitting right next to Sarah. We are together recording this podcast. That's like a really beautiful place for me. And I get to be grateful for that in this moment. Instead of worrying about what's coming or what's been, I just come right here and can be very very intentional and focus on what I'm thinking, feeling, hearing, and being a part of and offer gratitude for that. So as as Thanksgiving is approaching and as we are really wanting to um, challenge our listeners to kind of play around with this concept of of accepting what is and finding gratitude for what is, um, That's going to be kind of the subject of our challenge today, because we always like to leave you with the challenge that you can kind of play with and you can see what comes up for you. What what uh, what are you able to maybe find gratitude for that you haven't been able to find gratitude before? Um, And so we're going to play around with this idea of mindfulness and gratitude. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. But for the purposes of this challenge, we're going to talk a little bit about this idea of a gratitude journal. Now, for some of you, you may have done this several times before um but we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a of a different twist on it now i want you guys to as you find a notebook or something that you can write this down the first thing i want you to do is maybe find a place in your life where uh there is a metaphorical vacation venue change a place in your life where you thought you were going to disneyland and you suddenly find yourself in detroit there's a lot of different things that that can be um 
whether that is just like Emily shared, you know, having a child that maybe has decided not to follow the faith that you follow, or a, a child whose perhaps life choices and challenges have led them into a different space, or perhaps uh, you have parents or friends or relatives, this is all the time that we're getting together for dinners, that don't necessarily um, create that happy enzyme cover picture, right? Like, I don't think that exists for very many of us, but sometimes, especially at holidays, we really want that magazine picture, perfect uh, uh, Thanksgiving dinner, and it doesn't always happen that way. There's there's sometimes drama or things happen. So we all have a place where we have felt that venue change. So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to write down all the feelings you have with that, whether that's anger, whether that's disappointment, whether that's something that um, that you don't uh, like about it. I want you to write all of those things down, maybe things that you just wish were different in that moment. And then I want you to rip that paper out, physically rip it out. I know this sounds funny, but it really is. There is something um, really important about that physical act of, act of ripping that paper out, crumpling it up and throwing it in the garbage. We're going to throw that away. And now the next part is I want you to write down three things that you are grateful about that change in venue. What three things are you grateful about having your vacation changed to Detroit? It might surprise you what comes up and it might surprise you that it it might actually be hard to stop at three. And then look inside and, and see how does that change the suffering and the resistance to this as you're able to step out of a place of suffering and resistance and stepping into a place of gratitude how does that change how you feel about your situation how does that change how you are able to show up are you now able to show up more in a place of trust and love with those relationships that you're finding yourself in because you've been able to say yep i wanted this to be disneyland but we're in Detroit. Let's go find out what's great about Detroit. And I think it will surprise you the power that can come from this exercise. We want to thank all of you for being with us today, for showing up and taking a minute out of your day to check in here and listen. As always, If you are interested in following us, please make sure and subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. We'd love to hear any of those. Uh, Check us out on social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter at Lead With Love Coaching. And you can always check us out on our website, which is leadwithlovecoaching.com. There's also places there for you to take a free assessment to begin your journey in finding out perhaps what fears are there for you and how how we can change that. That also comes with a free coaching session so you can check out uh, what we do and what we teach and see if it's right for you. Uh, and, and as always, anything that you would like to, to share with us about your journey, about the challenges that, that you've been doing with us, boy, we would love to hear that from you. So thank you again for joining us and we will see you next time at the Lead With Love uh, podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.